back everyone to a new episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier and on this podcast I interview innovative and accomplished early career professionals and small business owners. With me today is Mike Gasser. Mike is currently a secure software developer at Caterpillar and is back in college studying computer science. In his original rotation, Mike studied actuarial science at Illinois State University and additionally, he is also a member of the Army National Guard. Really looking forward to hearing Mike's story today, as well as his advice for those in a similar position. Before we get into the episode, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on the Apple Podcasts app. We appreciate all your ratings. You can also find the podcast on Spotify and Podbean. And you can also find the podcast social medias on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Virtual Coffee Podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. You have a very unique journey, and I'd really love if you could take me through it. Perhaps you can start from graduating high school and walk us through how you got to where you're currently at at Caterpillar. Uh, unique is a very good word for what my journey consists of. It's much more one of perseverance rather than a fast track to success. So I graduated out of high school all the way back in 2010. Yes, I'm old. <laughs> and uh, moved directly into a community college where I bounced around majors pretty much as many times as you can in about two years. So I went from like civil engineering to mathematics to electrical engineering to physics back to mathematics. I really struggled to figure out what my calling was going to be. And unfortunately, 19 year old Mike basically Googled what makes a bunch of money in math. And I chose that because I wanted to make a bunch of money and I like math. So hence why my first rotation through college, I majored in actuarial science. That field ended up being the opposite of what I wanted in life. The math was super cool, and I honestly loved the computations, but the business itself just left a really bad taste in my mouth. So after my senior year, I took a few years off from my studies to regain my footing and get a plan together for how I was going to go back to school and do it right. Unfortunately, that led to a 50-hour work week with no consistent days off, and it proved really difficult while planning to go back to school. Uh, but eventually enough was enough, and I decided I'm not going to burn my life away working and not doing something that I'm passionate about. So I reached out to a friend who I knew was working in recruiting, and I said, hey, I need to go back to college. What can the National Guard do for me? And the rest is history. So in Illinois, the National Guard pays 100% tuition to any public school after you've been in for a year, and it was a huge opportunity for me. But I still didn't know what specifically I wanted to go back to school for, so I spent the entire year really soul-searching. Uh, I had really wanted to learn how to program, but had never really put the time in to make any substantial progress. But during this this year gap, I signed up for a 70-hour course on Udemy. It was only 10 bucks, mm -hmm. <laughs> And I taught myself Java. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And I know that's like heresy to a lot of programmers because a lot of programmers <laughs> hate Java, but I loved it. And so for the first time in my life, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And that's what I wanted to do for my lifelong career. So during my active training last year, which is the, the two weeks out of the year that the National Guard goes and they train as active duty, I was scrolling through my phone before bed and I came across an apprenticeship program that Caterpillar was doing with my college. So essentially you worked half of your time at CAT learning hands-on applications and the other half of the time you spent in the classroom actually working towards your degree. And the best part was that Caterpillar paid for all the hours you spent doing both of those things. The only problem was that during this time, I was still working at that 50 hour a week job and there was mm. no guarantee that I could get this position. In general, I'm a pretty cautious guy. A lot of a lot of my friends will tell you that. But I took a massive leap of faith and I just signed up anyway. Literally had a conversation with myself. I was sitting there going, well, I'll just do it. And if it doesn't work out, I'll figure <laughs> that out as I go. 
because like if if I didn't get the position, I might have to drop drop out of college again and then mm. figure out how to pay my bills while working toward the degree. So I prepared for this interview more than I've ever prepared for anything in my life. I built a portfolio of things. I taught myself in Java. I practiced countless star interview questions. I gathered reference letters, the whole nine yards. And mm. honestly, I killed it. <laughs> I walked into that <laughs> interview and I was so confident. And I don't know, it just worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. They had about 50 applicants, ended up interviewing like 15 to 20, and they only hired two of us. So wow. they gave me a call back not too long afterward with a job offer starting the beginning of this year. And it's been the best opportunity in my life. I'm working with extremely intelligent people in the cybersecurity field, working on on actual applications that get utilized by the entire company. And all the while building years of actual work experience so that when I move into a full-time position at CAT after college, mm-hmm. I'll have bargaining power when negotiating what roles I'm eligible for and what salary bracket I deserve. I loved how you walked us through your journey there. As you were talking, I was thinking about the tools and resources and what you did to find what you're most passionate about and wanted to study in college. And it seemed you really used your network, leveraged Google, of course, taught yourself and leverage internships as well. Is there anything you'd add to that or want to dive into in terms of advice for those struggling to figure out what they want to pursue? I think a really big important fact of my my development is that you have to go out and get it. And I know that that seems like a really general advice that a lot of people will hear time and time again, but even even when you sign up for college, you know, your advisors tell you everything you should do, right? They're kind of guiding you through what this process is supposed to look like. But in the end, you should be the one going, no, I don't I don't like that. I don't want to do that. I want to branch out into this because that's what I want to do with my life. And I think you really need to have an understanding of the system is there to support you while you guide your life. And I think a lot of people just kind of go on autopilot when they go through college and they go, well, this is my degree plan and this is what I'm going to do. So I guess that's it. Right. I, I love that. I think that's great piece of advice. You have to go out and get it and particularly loved how you said the system's there to support you. Don't just mindlessly go through the system because you might not end up where you want to. So I think that's excellent advice. So I do want to dive deeper into the National Guard. You spoke to this a little bit while walking us through your journey, but what really drove your decision to join the National Guard and what are your goals with it? As I mentioned earlier, it really was just a means to an end in the beginning. I needed to get back to college. The guard would pay for me to do it. Boom, sign me up. But it's become so much more than that. I actually chose the National Guard over the reserves because of a natural disaster that happened in my hometown in 2013. A tornado came through and destroyed something like 70% of the town. It was absolutely awful. And during this time, the National Guard was there. They set up checkpoints. They helped clean up. They stopped looters. They were just there for the community. And that's what I wanted to do. Unfortunately, with the reserves, they're a federal component, so they can't get activated by the governor to come help with those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So that really uh, drove my decision for the National Guard. I haven't really gotten the chance to work in a support role such as that yet, but I did take a position on what's called ADOS orders. Basically, you temporarily work full time with the National Guard. During that time, I was working with a recruiting unit, and I actually ended up developing a program for them that tracked incoming soldiers and helped auto-populate all of their information into the countless forms that they needed for each one. So it really streamlined the process for them. And I I really had to focus on proper levels of encryption so that like no personally identifiable information was leaked anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it was super cool to merge those two parts of my life together for a little bit. And it was during that time that I really started to appreciate the Guard for much more than I initially had. 
Currently, I'm about to pick up my E4 or Specialist, which is the last rank you get before you become an NCO. And for those who don't know, an NCO is a non-commissioned officer. They're basically the leaders of the enlisted. There's officers and there's NCOs. And so the NCOs are the enlisted leaders. And depending on how the rest of my contract plays out, I've got aspirations to become an officer. Um, in the past mm -hmm. few years, cybersecurity has become a pretty big focus in the military. And with that came direct commissions for cybersecurity officers. So essentially, if you have an applicable degree and work experience, they can commission you straight into being a lieutenant in that field. So once I finish college, again, I'll have <laughs> four to five years of practical experience and a degree in computer science. So if the stars align right and there's an open position at that time, I'll be a great fit for the job. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, this is something I'm very unfamiliar with. So this is very interesting to me learning about this from you. And first off, congratulations on all your successes with the National Guard and also obtaining your current position at Caterpillar. I think that's absolutely fantastic. So congratulations on that. <laughs> I love how you're able to merge the National Guard and your degree in computer science passions together. I think that's a very unique opportunity. I'd also love to know, what is your current day-to-day -day with the National Guard? Just because this is something I'm unfamiliar with. The day-to-day -day for National Guard is almost nothing. So we're civilians who also serve our communities. Uh, so we have general, for my unit, we have a, a two-day drill every month that consists of getting up to speed, getting training done, being ready, and talking about the different issues about what things might be going on that might need our help. But for just the day-to-day, -day, I'm just a civilian. And I think that's that's the real key piece is that a lot of people see especially with current events going on, they see the National Guard as just another, like, they're a police force there to hold up security for places. And But really, like, we, we are civilians. We work side by side with everyone else. And the National Guard is just something we do because we're passionate about our country and our community. Thank you for describing that. Mm -hmm. So turning our focus to your degree in computer science that you're currently pursuing, I know, again, you've dove into this a little bit, but would love to know what opportunities you're hoping that degree will open up for you or perhaps already has led you to such as your position at Caterpillar? So development is what I'm truly passionate about. Uh, I like taking nothing and just creating something out of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so after my degree and while I'm working towards my master's, uh, I'd like to work as a developer as much as humanly possible. But that's the beauty of this field. Uh, the sky's the limit. And I know you've got a background in computer science as well. So you're, mm -hmm. you're pretty familiar with this process. That's You can work in a million different branches of, of this field. You can branch into security, you can branch into development, you can branch into pretty much anything your heart desires. Uh, I believe you're working in the medical field right now, aren't you? I'm in the healthcare industry and I completely agree that tech degrees, tech fields open up so many jobs for you that you wouldn't even know. Like I'm really more of a consultant. I haven't coded in two to three years, but mm -hmm. my computer science degree led me to the company that I'm at now and I love my job. And I'm sure you get some really different perspectives on how to handle situations when you work in computer science. So I'm sure you have a lot of problem solving skills that came from going through the computer science field anyway. Exactly. I completely agree. I always say I may not code and use those hard skills of computer science, but my degree taught me how to be a logical thinker and that I use mm -hmm. every single day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I completely uh, mimic that. I really believe that you build a lot of skills that just you don't get from a lot of different degrees. Like I didn't get any of this from my last one. I learned a lot of math. I learned a lot of really cool things. I learned a lot of 
statistical applications my first time through college, but I didn't learn these really tough problem solving skills and how to utilize algorithms and all of these things that you can apply to almost anything else. Exactly. Yep. Again, completely agree. So it seems like that's really one of the biggest benefits of your degree in your mind is opening up so many opportunities for you, endless really, um, and as well as those problem thinking skills that are so important in really any job. Yeah, absolutely. And especially because this field's developing so quickly, I don't know mm -hmm. what's going to be the big hot thing in four years when I'm done, right? Right now, machine learning is huge. And that's something that I really have a lot of interest in, but I don't know if it's going to be huge in four years when I'm mm -hmm. really pushing towards it. So there could be a brand new emerging field that pops out, you know, in 2023 that all of a sudden I'm like, wow, that's what I want to do. I'm going to go for that. So, but in a perfect world where I got to choose exactly how my life played out, <laughs> I'd finish this degree, I'd get my master's and a PhD while working at CAT. Uh, then I'd transfer into research in academia while working as a professor at a, uh, a big university. That's something I'd always wanted to do. My mom, uh, growing up, was always a teacher. And so mm -hmm. she she really showed me the importance of being a good teacher. And I'm sure you've ha had plenty of professors that you wish were a little bit better at their job than they were, because <laughs> uh, yep. I know I have. And I think right now, academia is filled with a lot of people who want to only research and they have to teach to do that. And I think mm -hmm. I want to do both. So I think that would be a really good end goal for me uh, after I've done the rest of the things I want to do with my life. Yeah, those are those are great goals and a great perspective to have as well. And I love how you know that computer science and the tech industry in general changes every single day, like you were saying. So perhaps a completely new topic within the tech field and tech industry opens up and that's your passion and that's what takes you through the rest of your life. Um, but I think having somewhat of a plan of and a goal of teaching, I think is great. So I'd love to know how you balance everything because between studying for your degree, working at Caterpillar and being in the National Guard, what are your top three best practices for balancing all of that as well as your personal life? So my first unofficial tip is to be better at it than I am. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten a lot better, but a lot of the times I really just push myself and push myself and I push myself past what I should be pushing myself to. And I think that's something that I've learned and I've gotten better over time. So just be better at it than I am. <laughs> um, but I very much used to be a pr procrastinator. Uh, mm -hmm. But as I've matured, I've learned the importance of a mind at ease. So my first tip is to do it today and do it now. So I'm not saying to stay six hours after your shift is over to mm -hmm. finish something before you go home. But it's if it's only going to take you like 20, 30 extra minutes, it's probably worth it to just knock it out. Aside from the obvious time it's going to take you to figure out where you left off and then get yourself back on the right frame of mind to solve the problem and kickstart all that. If you don't finish it that day, you're probably going to be thinking about it all the way up until you go to bed anyway, at least if you're like me. And if you're thinking about work while you're at home, you're not really getting that downtime that you need to stay productive. The second best practice that I would really recommend is to write it down. Even if you think you're going to remember it, you're probably not. There are so many things flying through your head throughout the day that things will just start to fall through the cracks if you're not careful. So make a list, prioritize it, and execute it. Make sure there are time hacks on it too. Don't miss them. Make sure you have specific deadlines that you want to hit. This is a surprisingly simple way to get an incredible return on your productivity. If you've got a good plan, you'll know exactly where you feel comfortable stopping for the day, and that'll transition directly into finding that mental break between work and home. My final piece of advice is to really read yourself well. You probably lie to yourself quite often. I'm not okay. I'm not overworking myself. I can do more than I already am. 
It's okay to push yourself. In fact, you should always strive to be better. But if you don't listen to the warning signs that your body and mind are telling you, uh, you're never going to reach your full potential. Take a break. Go on a walk. Watch a movie. Sleep in an extra hour. Do the things you need to do to be at your best so you can do your best. It's cheesy as cheesy gets, but I truly live by the adage, you work to live, you don't live to work. I love that. I think these are great best practices. I love the do it today and do it now and prioritize your tasks. It reminds me of a lot of diagrams that you see. You know, one will be, can you get it done in 15 minutes? If yes, do it now. Mm. You need to do it right now. Otherwise it's not getting done. So I think that's, (laughs) yeah, great piece of advice. And I think for myself, I need to definitely read myself more (laughs) and better uh, because I will often push through it to the brink of overworking myself. And then it's, it's too late, right? It's too late to take that walk. It's become a bigger problem. (laughs) So I think that's advice I need to take away from this. (laughs) And that's, that's God bless my wife, because I swear the last, (laughs) the last like three or four weeks of the semester, this last semester, I was just miserable and probably no fun to be around at any point in time, because I just, I literally from like Sunday, I had a lot of online classes, obviously, because of everything going on in the world. And Sunday was when everything released and I would just nonstop work on it because I wanted to be done by Wednesday. That was my goal was every week. I wanted to be done with all of my homework by Wednesday. So I just did nothing but work for four (laughs) days straight. Like it was just, it, it got the job done, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I didn't really give myself the breaks I needed. And I think that had a real big impact on, on my personal life. And so again, thank you, Bailey. (laughs) No, I agree. And even if your goal is to get it all done by Wednesday, it's still so important to even just take 30 minutes, an hour, right? Like that makes such a huge difference. So yeah, love, love your pieces of advice. So I know where you're at today isn't your final destination. You mentioned goals of getting a master's, PhD, eventually perhaps teaching. Um, I would love to know, you know, what are the tools resources, et cetera, that are helping you figure out what's next right now? So I'm blessed in the fact that Caterpillar has so many different branches of the company to work in, and they have given me so much so far. So I'd love to stay with them for as long as possible. So I don't really have goals to move on to a new company. But as for the master's or doctorate goes, there are two main fields I'm weighing right now and following pretty closely, and that's encryption and machine learning. Encryption is an incredibly essential field that has so much potential as we're never going to find ourselves at a point where security is not important. But at the same time, machine learning is one of the single most mind-boggling areas of tech that is growing at an incredible rate. I'd love to see where it's going to be in 10 years, and if I don't push myself toward it now, I'm worried that I'm really going to be missing out when it hits its golden Mm. age. At this point in time, I have to keep in mind that the field is going to be completely different. You know, Like I said earlier, by the time I finish a PhD what I chose to study in might not even be like applicable. So I want right. to, I have to be really careful about keeping my eyes on the horizon, being flexible and what my idea of the future will hold for me and just being able to adjust accordingly. So following articles and subreddits that sent around the field really keep me up to date on emerging technologies and what kind of things we can expect in a three, five or 10 year outlook. A couple of things you said resonate with me. You know, when you find a company you love, stick with it. I, I'm in a similar position as you, you know, I love my company. I work for Optum, absolutely loved it. Only company I worked for full time and I have no plans on leaving it. You know, as of right now, I just love that company. And I think you get really lucky when you find that right off the bat. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I completely resonate with that. And also keeping your eyes on the horizon. I think that's applicable for 
any industry, right? It's always important to stay ahead, especially in tech. Um, I've noticed that as well in the healthcare industry, just constantly, oh, yeah, sure. yeah, staying up to date, making sure you're staying ahead because it's so easy to get left behind. And once you're left behind, it's so much harder to catch back up. So I think that's, I mean, even great piece of advice is just make sure you're keeping your eyes on the horizon, spend 10 minutes staying up to date with news articles in your industry because it'll make all the difference. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So my final question here for you today, Mike, is what is your proudest accomplishment? Now, of course, I always say this, it can be big or small. It can be related to work or not at all. It can be from 10 years ago or from an hour ago. Would love to know your proudest accomplishment. It sounds a bit silly as thousands of 18-year-olds complete it every single year, but it's completing basic training. Those who knew me in high school would never have expected me to do something like join the military. It just, it was not even a thing that was on my mind. I never worked out. I barely played sports. I was a skater punk who liked to play a lot of video <laughs> games. So I was recently engaged uh, when I made this decision to join up and Bailey was not happy with the decision. She was supportive. But mm -hmm. it's an incredibly big ask of her to suddenly take care of our entire household while they disappear with no contact for 10 weeks and then continue to be gone for another eight weeks after that for, with limited communication. So we had a new puppy. We had two oh. other dogs. We had cats. We just mm -hmm. we had a lot of things going on. And she really had to step up to take care of that. So the whole first day I'm at basic training, I'm thinking, oh, no, what have I done? This was a mistake. I shouldn't be here. I'm staring at the ceiling, can't go to bed and just going what have I gotten myself into? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but basic brought out a level of pride and determination that I didn't even know I had. Uh, I was pushing through pain. I was running four miles at a time, which even now I'm in the National Guard still. And that still seems insane to me that I was doing that like three or four times a, a week. <laughs> right. I was going on ruck marches. Uh, I was forging lifelong bonds. Uh, there's just something about basic that can't be found in any other portion of life. And I'm incredibly proud of myself for having done it at 26. Nonetheless, not 18. I was already right. falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, again, congratulations. I mean, you've already had such amazing accomplishments and successes. And I'm really looking forward to your future, Mike. I know you'll do great things. I appreciate that. Thank you. Of course. No, this was this was really fun. Thank you so much for being here, Mike. Um, before we sign off, I'd love to know where people can find you. I believe you're most active on LinkedIn. Yeah, so LinkedIn is really the only big place to follow me. I'm just mm -hmm. Michael Gasser on there. Haven't really done a whole lot with other social media platforms in the meantime, but keep an eye out. I might. Sure. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for being here, Mike. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed speaking with you today. Of course, it was fun, Lex. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you.